The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Hello and welcome to the 442 Insider Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes at Australia's top footballing publication. This week we've been working harder than Frank Farina's lawyers at the cop shop, covering news on the Socceroos, the Hyundai A-League and international football. I'm Editor-in-Chief Paul Hansford and this week I'm joined by Deputy Editor Trevor Trahan. Hello. And freelance football scribe Richie Young. Great to be here. It certainly is, Richie. First uh, podcast uh, cherry popping today. I feel like I've made it. We'll promise to be gentle. Thank you. Although that might be the first time for Lubrication. He's, he's a bit rough. I like it rough. Um, so straight into uh, a review of round 10 of the Hyundai A-League, all last week's action. Starting off with Melbourne victory against Sydney FC. Stunning stuff, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, even more stunning if you've got a bet on Melbourne and you're watching the game. Um, um, I do remember you saying in the podcast that it was a tough game to call and it might be just a home field advantage that might sneak it for Melbourne. Who else saw that coming? Those three goals in 12 seconds or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I mean, Melbourne weren't really going to recover from that. It felt a little bit like um, last season when Sydney took two early goals and then crumbled and lost 3-2, but it's a different Sydney side this year, isn't it? And obviously three goals is a far better cushion. I was quite pleased for Brosk and Bridge because I think they've been working really hard for Sydney and they're perhaps, you know, they're not guys I don't think are going to score a massive amount of goals this season, but, you know, they always work hard and cause problems and stuff, so it's good for those two to, to sort of rip Melbourne apart, but just the, they offered a bit of width and a bit of something different and they're playing that, that back three at the moment, Melbourne, and... Um, yeah, torn to shreds. Seems like uh, Levitska's happy to play those two up front now without without Aloisi. Yeah, Aloisi's going to find it hard to get back in the side. Um, absolutely aw- awesome performance, I thought. I did watch the game, but um, it was the joys of parenthood, this one. I, I saw Broski's goal. Yeah. Thought it was awesome. I was, I, was, I was really happy for him as well. First goal of the season. Went to put my baby daughter to bed. Um, she goes down quite quickly, actually. So I went in there, put her down to bed. By the time I came back out, it was 3-0. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's happened here? Yeah. Um, so I didn't see Bridgie's two goals until after. But I thought it was also interesting. The two of the goals came from uh, headers. Yeah. Uh, so I thought they did a good job on Muskie and, and Vargas in the centre. Yeah, they really put pressure on them, didn't they? And Muskie didn't like uh, Bridgie's physical approach, you could tell. But, yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I thought, is that the best ever away performance we've seen in the A-League? Yeah, I, definitely. I, you know, can you think of a better away performance in the history of the A League? I mean, it was pretty even once. If you took the goal, if you took the goals out, you know, like that kind the of mad half. moment, um, you know, it, it would have been your prediction, Trevor, of nil nil. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that it's got to rank up there as one of the all-time, you know, travelling, travelling great performances. So. And also, we were saying a few weeks back about Sydney, who were doing, who were sort of, you know, near the top of the table and have picked up results. But I still weren't completely convinced by them. I, I thought they were sort of. It was going to go one of two ways. Of as I've said on previous pods, they were going to kind of get found out or hit their straps. And the last two games, I mean, the Mariners were the only one one nil. They were brilliant and obviously really, really good in Melbourne. So they're looking at a formidable force. They look like you know now they're at the top of the table and they look they deserve to be there. Whereas before, I think they, they were kind of just skimming through on a few results. Mm. The yeah. other points I sort of took out of it was Colosimo is just tearing it up. Mm. Everyone's talking about Sydney being really composed, but I think a lot of it's got to do with Colosimo yeah. just being so composed in the centre of defence. And he's just... He brought the ball out a few times and just looks completely... You know, like he's just yeah, refreshed. He? he brings a good calmness to the team, and you can tell that the other players trust in him quite a lot. Mm. And for Melbourne, I think um, just quickly, I'm a big fan of, but he just doesn't look relaxed. It's almost like he's putting himself under a lot of pressure because he's so desperate to get back into the to the Socceroos. Mm. Um, but he just doesn't look like he's having fun. I think in the last couple of seasons when he's done well, it's when he's you know everyone always talks about players who look like they're having fun, but Archie has had that but I just, he just doesn't look like it at playing the with a smile on his face mm. when he's always best looks stressed well, another team uh, finding out the top top half of the uh, ladder is uh, Perth Glory and uh, they had a fantastic result against you know always always difficult to play against Adelaide United 1-0 Victor Sikora in the 80th minute took a while for it to happen mm. but um, you know Perth's, Perth are looking like a, a force to be reckoned with now aren't they especially uh, especially at home I think they're kind of similar to what I was saying about Sydney a few rounds back they seem to be getting you know a load of good results but not massively great performance they had some openly lucky results, as uh, Dave Mitchell come out and said. Um, it's never particularly appealing trying to watch an Adelaide game because um, they don't really, you know, go for it as such. Do they? And they seem to sort of start playing, hoping to lose by the smallest margin possible. Yeah. I mean, they've you know, only got nine goals in the ten first ten rounds of this A League. Yeah. Um, he won't play two up front. He won't go for it, and they're just hoping to sort of, you know, creep past teams. Really, and they're, they're going to get found out. And I, I think even just at the moment, making the finals for them would be an achievement. It's, uh, it's well, personally, I, I think Viddy's done a, a fantastic job, but the way he coaches is a man trying not to lose his job, mm-hmm. I think. They're just struggling in front of goal. I don't know if it's the way he's setting up his team to play defensively, and I don't know if it's uh, Lloyd Owusu maybe not getting as many goals as maybe Viddy expected him to. But, um, I mean, Tano Vilafi played out of his skin as well, having yeah. said that. Yeah. He had some amazing saves against, against United. But... Um, yeah, they're just struggling in front of goal, Adelaide. It's true, and I think you know, I think Perth could could you know take a lot away from these results. The ones when they're when they're really sort of bashing away, and it might not be pretty to look at, but they're 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 getting the three points, and that's that's the the most important thing. There was halftime shenanigans as well. Cornthwaite versus Andy Todd on yeah. the halfway line. I thought that was pretty interesting. Two blokes who wouldn't shy away from a no. a, a bit of a dust up, eh? Um, and then moving on, on Saturday, we saw Central Coast Mariners against North Queensland Fury. One all draw, um, an early goal, a late goal, and not much in the middle, maybe. <laughs> what, yeah. do you, what do you think? 
I can't remember what I said on last week's pod, and I haven't listened to it since, but I swear I said that the Mariners were going to go one up, and then the Fury going to equalise it, and it's going to be one all, making it an absolutely spot-on prediction. That would be but the first time. First time the, we might all season. Yeah. But I might go back and listen, because I swear that's what I said. I mean, quite a common score for the Fury. I mean, they've drawn five of their opening ten, so they've drawn half their games. But four of those have been um, one-all draws. Um, and Trevor, um, a fast goal in the A-League, but not the fastest, I believe. Not quite. Yeah, obviously Matt Simon scored after 14 seconds this week. Um, and, you know, a lot of sites are reporting it was the... Let's, let's ask Richie, as uh, ex-editor of the uh, 490 Match yes. Day programme, back when it was good. <laughs> um, uh, if you could tell us, can you th- think of the uh, fastest I A-League do know. Goal? You do know. It was a player, Louis Brain, and he played for Adelaide United. I think it was... It would have been season one, because I think he only played one season of the A-League. <laughs> Trevor's place. He's and like, you stolen my thunder. Yeah, that was two minutes of Wikipedia research <laughs> out of the window. I think he I think he scored it in about 10 seconds. I can't really remember. Oh, 11 seconds. 11, well, there you way go. Out. Well, I was a second uh, off. That's pretty good. An, an interesting, another little interesting aside from, from Louis, who only played 17 games in the A-League, but um, he sort of possesses two A-League records because in the opening round, he was the first ever player to get cautioned in the brand new competition three minutes in yeah. against the Jets. Wow. So he owns that and then three weeks or two or three weeks later, they played Melbourne he scored after 11 seconds and he now holds a record for the fastest ever goal so a guy that perhaps you know you yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah. know that much about where is he ever, now? yeah what's he up to now Trip? he's where, where well he... according to Wikipedia he's at Danganong Thunder okay. okay I'm not sure if I've said that right to be Danganong. honest Danganong yeah maybe well, I think Louis also played some sort of uh, junior games for Australia okay. <laughs> was that on Wikipedia? Did. He did, yeah. He, he played, um, well, according to Wikipedia, again, I have to stress <laughs> that because it could be complete rubbish. Yeah, he, he played for the under 17s and under 20, but he's born in, born in Birmingham in England. Well, maybe um, uh, Vidi should bring him back. Yeah, or maybe we should get him as a guest in on the podcast. We should. He's a record breaker. Definitely. We, big shout out to Louis Brain. I hope he's listening. Props, Matt props. <laughs> and the, uh, the last game in the, in the shortened A-League round 10, obviously because uh, no Wellington-Phoenix game against the Jets because of the World Cup qualifier mm. uh, with Bahrain and New Zealand, is uh, Brisbane Roar against Gold Coast United. The uh, slap bang in the middle of what was a horror week for, for Brisbane, which we'll get onto a little bit later, but um, Gold Coast running out winners 1-0. Yeah, I mean, for, for you know anyone who successfully made it to the game, um, it was another disappointing one for Brisbane. Joel Porter stepping up again, no cleaner and smelt, so he, he seems to be quite good at that. Um, another quick mention on the crowd, I'll fill in the void that Andy's left in the pod this week. Um, obviously, the round one when the Suncorp game got just short of, of 20,000, and this one got um, 8,800, so you know more than half the crowd over a, a matter of weeks. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit later about Brisbane dropping their prices and what have you but I'm not even sure that's going to help there seems to be a real rot that's uh, Mm. set in there but it's not like Brisbane are playing badly. I mean, not, they might not be getting all the results that they should have, but um, they're still one of the more entertaining teams in the league. Yeah, I think they missed... Uh, obviously, Frank Farina wasn't there in the game, which was a big talking point, but I yeah. thought they missed Craig Moore, um, who wasn't there. Yeah. Um, who obviously is one of the, the key players for them. But you, you notice they weren't there. Having said that, Gold Coast, they were missing Jackson Cleaner as well. 
Um, but I, I thought they looked a little, little like they were doing it a bit tough. The raw this yeah. week. Yeah, I think that I think that obviously some of the stuff happening off the pitch is probably playing on their mind a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, the Gold Coast keep uh, plugging away, and they've had to ride through their own injury issues as well, and uh, seem to have come out the other side of that. And uh, yeah, pretty good performance by uh, by United. Well, that's all we got time for in the first section of the uh, Insider podcast. But don't touch that dial as we'll be back after the break to have a look at all the news that took place over the week from our website au.442.com. See you then. Score a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker. It's the football quiz for the football know-it-all. QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months. Complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize. A trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final. The winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the Grand Final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seat to the big game. This prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the Grand Final. Each month you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets, Greater Union Movie gift cards and QBE insurance vouchers. Visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website. The Socceroos have done their bit, now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast. Back to 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Hello and welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast. In this section, we're going to have a look at all the news from the week in football. And obviously, the the big news was uh, two Socceroo games, uh, a slightly disappointing nil-all draw against Holland in Sydney on Saturday. Uh, But more fresh in our minds is the the 1-0 win against Oman in Melbourne last night. Mm-hmm. Again, a bit of a, a struggle, but we ultimately got the result we wanted. Uh, thoughts on that game, lads? Uh, not really new territory for what everyone's going to say um, in the wake of the game. Um, There's a little bit of, uh, do we overestimate how good Australia are or do we underestimate how good the Asian sides are? It's probably a, a bit of both, really. Because, you know, I'm on... Seem to seem to do okay for themselves, really, and it also goes back to you know we did get the result in the end. We, we got the points we needed. I mean, if we hadn't, um, I still think it's quite easy as two two teams go go through out of the four teams in, in the group. So you'd imagine we we would have made it anyway, but it would have been pretty tricky otherwise. So you just got to be happy to 
to get the result. But um, it was we were saying in the pod last week that, that we reckon all of the main players are going to be back for the rest of the Asian qualifiers. I was reading today that's not the case. They're only going to be back for one more of the Asian qualifiers, which is the return leg against in Musket. A, a Musket. Yeah, yeah, in Musket, yeah. Which means that we're going to call back on the A-League guys and taking into account that these Asian teams through qualification, as we learned in the Asian Cup in 2007, are better than we think. And there's no point bringing up well, their 60 off in the, in the FIFA rankings. It doesn't matter when it comes to games like this and, and trying to qualify. It is a bit of a concern that when those A-League guys come back in that they're not going to get the results and the best team in Asia aren't going to be at the Asia Cup. What didn't you like about the f- performance Richie I mean for me what I didn't like was just this constant hoofing up to Kennedy yep. and either there wasn't anyone around f- to catch up the, you know to take on the second ball that he knocks down or he just didn't get to the ball in the first place you know they had a very keeper you know experience who just dealt with it no problem and the lack of a plan B was was what I didn't like was, would you agree with that was there something totally else you didn't like or no I just don't yeah I think that uh, it's, it is a bit one-dimensional, the way Australia are playing at the moment, and it's a bit predictable. They just didn't seem to change much. When, when that wasn't working, the hoofing up to Kennedy, they just, there was no sort of tactical change. I mean, Kuehl sort of... He tore him up in the first 10 minutes, and he, and he was a, a bit of a standout for me. Uh, and he did a lot of stuff, created a few chances, but apart from that, there was not much, there was not much else uh, tactically that was happening for Australia. Mm. Um, I suppose one thing to bear in mind... Uh, of is that Pim wasn't on the sideline. It was uh, Graham Arnold and Henk Doot. Um, so maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I, I was disappointed by Chippers as well. I mean, other than the fact that he set up the goal, he was just he was pretty anonymous, wasn't he? He for, nearly for gave the away the, nearly gave away the penalty as well, which which could have cost us. I mean, great call by Robbie Slater on that one as well, who uh, absolutely didn't see the fact that. Chipperfield didn't touch the ball, and oh, yeah. basically, yeah. basically had an on air, on air disagreement with Simon Hill about whether yeah. he touched it or not. I wouldn't back down. Just going back to that Plan B that, that you mentioned, one thing I would have liked to have seen in in the Netherlands game is Australia go behind. Perhaps one, two, perhaps half time, two nil down, right? So they're coming out, uh, coming out for the second half, and you know they're at home. They're expected, you know, do well. Forty thousand people there. What would they do? Would they take off one of the holding midfielders, put someone else up front, you know, or would they, you know, push the wingers f- uh, forward more in the same formation? You know, what would they do? And I don't know. You know, we don't know at the moment. You know, at the moment, you think he's just going to persevere with the one up front and just hope that we get a couple of breaks. But there's not many goals in that team. Even trusted scorers previously looked really quite against Holland so mm. friendlies are about learning something new and we didn't learn anything new I think with Kennedy in the Omani game though he did have quite a few opportunities I mean uh, we can criticise that it, the, it didn't work and, and um, you know we only got to Hill. but Kennedy got the ball quite a few times in any other game he might have buried a couple of them yeah he had about three or four good chances yeah. um, so in a way it worked we just didn't get the goals True. And do we think that we'll get out of the group? I mean, looking at the performance, you know, considering it's a home game against Amman, we've got a game back in, as we said, in Muscat in, in you know, very hot conditions, and then Kuwait and, and Indonesia. It's it's not an easy ask. But do you think we'll 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 make it? I think we'll scrape through second in the group and goal difference or something like that. Really. Yeah, I've, all, I've always got confidence in the side. Regardless of uh, you know criticisms I may have from time to time, and there was a, a, a small bit of controversy in the game where uh, uh, Claude Leroy 
who actually looks like um, the headmistress in Kindergarten Cop, the little mini lady. <laughs> he does get um, his fashion cues Yeah, it's her, I think. quite strange. Um, he actually uh, had a bit of an argument with uh, Australian team manager Gary Moretti and there were uh, accusations of... Uh, the uh, Amani team being called cheats and uh, yeah, stuff apparently like that. it all it all went down at half time, I think. And uh, Moretti apparently said something to him. The FFA this morning have come out and apologised unreservedly for it. Um, but yeah, pretty interesting. A bit of a dust up, I think. It's. I don't think there was anything. I didn't notice anything in the first half that that seemed contentious or that would make you want to shout at the. There was at, definitely far less diving than I sort of expected. You know, a lot of these sides are renowned for for diving. Um, I can't remember if they were sort of fiends for it in the Asian Cup but mm. there was hardly any of it last night but Leroy did have one he's uh, kind of uh, John Lennon circled dark glasses so maybe he didn't see something that Gary Moretti did so uh. <laughs> yeah I thought it was a, a funny side note I also thought a funny side note is um, Tim Cale's post-match interview with Mel McLaughlin if you remember last time when he was in Australia it was a bit of a controversy but he was a he was uh, decidedly conversational last night. So despite, not, despite not making eye contact with her. Yeah, I, I did notice true. that. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's... Uh, which is, is a fall if you're not making eye contact with Mel McClock. She's very really, pretty. Yeah, so... Gorgeous. Hi, Mel. <laughs> Moving on, the other big uh, news of the week after the Socceroo International was the, the ousting of Frank Farina. Mm. Uh, gone from... Brisbane Raw after being caught for a second time for, for drunk driving and uh, do, do we think that that was the, the right decision on, on, the, on the part of Brisbane Raw? It's hard to know what really went down, um, what background stuff is going on. We should go for a beer with Frank and find out. Exactly. It'll be up for one. Yeah, I reckon he'd be up for it. I'll drive though. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, th- there's a few points that people are making. Some are saying he hadn't been drinking that day. He'd been drinking the previous evening at home with his wife in bed by half ten. You know, just had a f- had a few wines on my view, and it's not a big deal. There's other people saying that there's this massive drinking culture at Brisbane Raw from the players right mm. right the way up to the top, and they're getting rid of um, Frank because of that. I mean, they're not facts in it; those they're just sort of rumours. But in principle, court drink driving twice, manager of a club, um, you know, it doesn't look good. Also, you know, he hasn't won anything at Brisbane. I think if he'd you know if he was cleaning up. Uh, Grand finals every season, they'd probably look past it, but he's not, so it's yeah. a little opportunity for And it's not like on. they've got a great reputation with, uh, with connecting with their fans and their, and their base at the moment. You know, it's not like they're the Mariners or something who are... Who are Renowned who are, for it. Yeah, held yeah. in high regard by their, by their fans. It's, you know, the, the prices of tickets and, and all that thing, like it was the, the inevitable thing to do. Um, Rado Vidasic takes over. Uh, he's the national youth team coach. But uh, there's talk of finding a replacement for Farina very, very soon. And one of the names thrown out was uh, Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, they're saying he'd be quite strict on discipline and what have you, and that's what they need at the moment. Um, the FFA will probably have a, a say about who the manager is, and they probably have a bigger say than a lot of people like to think or realise that they probably wouldn't mind him getting that because he was, he was part of their setup before. So, yeah, it does kind of make sense. I mean, they also said that he was going to come in as a kind of director of football with Farina, so now he's just going to... You know, get that top job. I think perhaps if he comes in, he might just come into the end of the season to begin with to a see how he does and b if, see if they can't get a better, perhaps foreign replacement for next and season. Graham Arnold, anyone? Richie, I think I'd, uh, I think I might pass on Arnie. But um, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think it's interesting. Um, 
for Ange, obviously, if he's going to get this job, because it would be a dressing room that would be a massive challenge to to control, I think. Because Charlie Miller, Thiago, Moore, they're not uh, they're not little strong personalities. Yeah, they're very strong personalities. Yeah. So it would be a challenge no matter who comes in. Arnie could probably do it. And she might be able to do it. I don't know. I really don't know. It's a tricky one. Interesting mm. times, to, whatever happens. To mention him just to infuriate some Raw fans, but um, Cosmina will be thrown, thrown around as a name purely just because he's managed in the A-League before and he hasn't got a job, but there's no way they'll go for him, I don't think. See that. I'd love to see Cosy back. That'd be great. <laughs> He'll always get a job somewhere. Staying on, uh, staying on uh, Queensland and, and the Raw... Uh, bit of fan power winning out with the reduction of uh, ticket prices the raw making an announcement that they have listened to their fans and uh, have reduced the prices accordingly in a statement they said uh, under the new pricing structure average t- average ticket prices have been reduced by 15% adult tickets will now be available from $25 and a family ticket which is two adults and two children uh, are just $60 uh, gold coast have also reduced uh, some prices as well for family ticket and also for children so seems as though uh, fan power is is fighting back and being listened to it's great that logic wins out in the end i think yeah um still far too much there's still far too expensive it's 20 dollars general admission to sydney and you know i went to my first afl game at the tail end of last season and you know that was 20 bucks in you know crowd of seventy-seven thousand there and even though i didn't really have a clue what was going on it was still good entertainment you know a, a beer and a pie look at these prices here the cheapest one is 25 and they're going up to category a 42 dollars to watch the raw that's still too much I think I've spoken to some Raw fans and I think uh, obviously the feedback has been it's it's getting they also say we just want to see them win so no matter how cheap it is we just want to see some more more victories you know home victories and they've always really struggled at Suncor it's an awesome stadium but the Raw haven't yeah, they've obviously won some games up there, but for for home wins, they you know raw fans are not really expecting them to win these days, and yeah. I think that's what really they need to turn around quickly. And one other good bit of news is that um, the Brisbane home game on the weekend against Central Coast Mariners, children under fifteen will get in for free. So kids, find out where your mum stashes the money, go and steal some out of her purse. Well, actually, you don't need to do because you can get them free. Exactly, <laughs> you don't yeah. even need to do that. Well, just for a drink, though. Do it anyway, or she'll notice that she's not light this week and then she'll know you're stealing so I'll do it anyway so it well, keeps going yeah. go up to her and go oh, I really want to go to the Brisbane game it's 20 bucks in do you mind yeah. get the 20 bucks and you've got 20 bucks spending money exactly and say oh the ticket price is really expensive yeah look go on 4-4-2 yeah. she'll be like I know I read it on 4-4-2 so get in free and you'll be sorted out yeah. um, and the final story is uh, Joel Griffiths with his two-fingered salute being now banned for seven of the Chinese Super League. What a surprise. He's such a nice guy, isn't he? He's I've never known him do anything like that before. Pretty calm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's not I mean, punching linesmen in the never But obviously it, it, it proves a, a bit of a headache for, for Newcastle because they were hoping that he'd... Uh, he's actually still on loan, isn't he? Yeah, and they uh, thought they, they expected him to be staying over there. I, I think that's going on a break with your girlfriend and thinking, she'll be back. She'll be back at some point, but she's not. She's with, <laughs> she's with someone else now. Just and gone off. And yeah. it's over. But it might turn out that the, the, the Beijing Guan will not take him up because obviously he'll miss the last three games of the Super League season. And then the beginning of the next season. Beginning of the next. And it uh, could prove a headache because they already have a, a marquee player, don't they? Well, they've got Fabio Vignaroli, so it'll be tricky if uh, you know they don't want him and, he's, and they send him back to the Jets and, and how are they going to pay for everybody. Mm. Um, 
The most interesting thing I thought was how he got seven games. Tiado did the same thing here in the A-League and he got one game. <laughs> yeah. So culturally, I think, even though we're all obviously part of Asia, that, that, you know, there's, there's, that's a big difference. Yeah, definitely lost mm. in translation. Could, we should have done it in Australia. Yeah. Could we do the final mention of uh, the Frank Freena discussion that we had in the office? Yeah, one, one of our editors thinks he's hot. Yeah, the, the female, female editor of uh, yeah, Limelight, female. Arts and Entertainment magazine. Yeah, thinks... Frank Freen as well and I never really thought about it before I mean perhaps he's just not my type but I asked the missus this morning actually when we were, we were watching it and she just sort of went no he's not my type but maybe I could see it I mean she's got very very high standards obviously but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah maybe maybe he's a heart frog maybe modelling next there's a new career for him yeah. mm. well that's all the news that uh, we have in, in this section but on a sadder note just wanted to uh, send out our thoughts to the family and friends of Paul Williams a great servant to the game who passed away last week uh, you're sadly missed, mate. Uh, it was a pleasure to know you. And uh, we all send our, our thoughts and prayers to you wherever you are. Score a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker. It's the football quiz for the football know-it-all. QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months. Complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize. A trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final. The winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the Grand Final final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seat to the big game. This prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the grand final. Each month you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets, Greater Union Movie gift cards and QBE insurance vouchers. Visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website. The Socceroos have done their bit, now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2000. 10 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg. Just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast. Back to 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Hello and welcome back to the 442 Insider podcast. We're in the second half now. And now we get to play a bit of a game, my favourite part. I test the guests and we're going to have a game of most significant where I give the lads two scenarios and uh, funnily enough they tell me what they think is the most significant. Hopefully they'll tell me why or it'll be a very quick game. Um, First up, most significant, a clean sheet or no goals scored against Holland? Up first am I? Trevor. I'm going to go for no goals because I think we know that we can get clean sheets against good sides um, but I think we also kind of know that um, we can't really score enough goals um, so you know that's a real concern especially when we get to the World Cup you know where are the goals going to come from and I can't see a bolter between now 
and when the tournament starts next year I can't see who's, who's going to come through and, and be World Cup quality in that time so I think it, it definitely is just going to be Kennedy up there um, so we need to perhaps tactically find a way of, of grabbing some more goals Richie? I think uh, this one out we just need to work it out one way or the other I do think we have the cattle I think we can get goals through Kennedy, Cahill Kuehl and even McDonald but um he just needs to do something with the formation, I think. Yeah. I think I might go for... Uh, I might play devilish advocate and say clean sheet because I think that, um, you know, as Italy have proven through uh, numerous World Cups that a good campaign is based on a good defence. And I think that if we can get that right and we can stop teams from scoring, there's always going to be one or two chances in the game that we can hopefully put away. And I think that having a great defence, keeping clean sheets, keeping a consistent back four and Schwartz are healthy so he's playing in the World Cup, I think that that's, uh, that's most significant. So, uh, Richie, most significant, the result or the performance against Oman? I think the result was a must-win game. We were, the situation was we were bottom of the group at, you know, going into the game. So definitely for me, the result, it wasn't a pretty win. It wasn't a pretty goal in the end, but it was a three points. So I'm mm. happy to take that one. Uh, at this stage, you know, when we're still scrambling for, for points, yeah, the result's the, the most significant part. The performance, I think, would be more interesting. You know, say those, those June World Cup qualifiers that we played and we were already through, I think the performance was probably more um, relevant then. But at the moment, we just need to try and get to the tournament. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's all about results at that point when, it, when you're qualifying. And, uh, yeah, getting, getting the three points was the, was the most significant part of that. Most significant, Trevor. Lucas playing well for the Socceroos or not playing for Everton? I'm going to say not playing for Everton. It's essential that he's playing regular football in a World Cup year. And um, you could argue all we care about is him playing well for the Socceroos. But I think you know those two are linked. He, he needs to be playing for Everton to play well for the Socceroos. So um, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll get some, some game time there. Richie? Uh, playing well for the Socceroos. I think he's had a, a lot of time out. Um, he's only just starting to play again now. And... He did fantastically well, cleaned up so many balls, was composed again in the centre of defence with more. Um, for me, that's the most important. They are linked, but... <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he's got to be playing for Everton. I mean, I was, I was really surprised about how well he's played in the last two games. He had a couple of shaky clearances against uh, Holland at the, at the very beginning that made you think, oh, well, he's a bit match-shy here. But um, as he progressed, he got a lot better. But I think that... As he is the main central defender, you know, the second central defender that plays is going to be kind of playing off him and looking to him for uh, direction. I think that he is going to need to have a, a few more games under his belt. So I think if he can force his way in, maybe even as a, you know, as a right back when he played at West Ham, not necessarily as a centre half. I think his versatility is a, is a plus point for him, but I think he needs a few more games, definitely. Oh, it's felt he prefer him in the centre when you, when you switch West Ham because whenever he plays full but I just don't think he's quick enough and if yeah. he comes up against quick wingers he, he tends to get uh, rip, rips up yeah. hmm. most significant Richie Vinnie Grellas or Mark Bresciano's injury woes ahead of the World Cup um, I think Grella is a too important cog um, I know we've got Yednak Cleaner's already there and Valeri but I, I think that Grella is ahead of uh, definitely Valeri um, and still yet in that. Um, so I think Grella is, is the most significant. Um, 
Bresciano is an awesome attacking player. We were obviously uh, struggling in the attacking department at the moment. Um, but I think Grella's injury and, and, the, and the fact that he had a lot of last season out as well um, is, is a pretty significant factor as far as the Socceroos go. Yeah, Trev? Um, I'm going to go Bresciano's more important because we have got a few players that, that can fill in for, for Grella and we are saying last week we don't think Valeri's too far behind him and also I think if Bresciano's not playing Brett Holman will be um, and we, we don't want to dive into the Brett Holman thing because we, we've been over we that. We do want to dive <laughs> But um, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather at the moment we've got that kind of Bresciano Cahill kill which is a really, really good at sort of attacking free between the midfield and attack and yeah, Bresciano Shana gone homing in I'm afraid so yeah that's, that's, that's a good point I might change that <laughs> good point I think I might go Grella. I think that he's got the just that bit of mongrel, that that kind of nastiness that uh, the other guys don't have. He's got the experience as well, and I think looking at that three that play just behind the one striker, it's almost like Bresciano is a replaceable cog. We do have players who can sort of play there with with Emerton and and even Vidasic last night. He he had a, a few flashes of uh, um, of skills that you know could develop with another year in Germany so um, while I you know I see the merits of Bresciano playing I just think that he's probably more replaceable in a World Cup environment uh, than, than Vinny Grella uh, moving on to the A-League, more significant, uh, to, more significant to getting more fans through the gates, cheaper tickets or better football? Mm, yeah, this is a good one, isn't it? Because of, It's brilliant because uh, I thought of it. Exactly. As is the way with this game, obviously, it's, it's both, but which one's more significant? Um, which is the point of the exactly, game, Trevor, apparently. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Um, but I'll say better football because yep. um, I, I think that... Um, well, do you know what I think? Because Richie said he's spoken to some Raw fans and that's what they say. So that's my reason why. Yeah, excellent. It's easy to sit on the fence on this one and say both, but I think better football will get people through the gates. Yeah. Um, they're obviously a little expensive as they were, but if they're winning games, you'll get the crowds. You always will. People will just want to see winners. Yeah. I think it's cheaper tickets uh, purely to try and get as many people in there to sample the game as possible. And as... We all know supporting football teams, West Ham, Tottenham, and your kind of floating fandom. Um, <laughs> Let's follow the Aussies. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, it's not always about great football. It's it's about supporting your team and being there that's through thick and thin. And while you don't have that in a in a league that's only been going for five years, I think you need to get them in and and get them through any reason to to come back again and again. You know, you like the colours of the strip, or you like a certain player, or a move that they did. Just that one hook to get you give them a taste and then hopefully they'll come back and I think you know to get more people through the gates for a cheaper price is going to be uh, and the fact you're a cheapskate yeah, yeah. yeah but if, if you get in for cheap and it's an absolute shocking game and you're thinking oh my god I cannot spend another minute in this stadium for the rest of my life I feel or like that every Sydney game exactly, I've, been to, yeah. I've been back but we get <laughs> we get football. we get in free though don't we because we've got accreditation don't so that's why we go back wouldn't otherwise <laughs> <laughs> um, most significant in drawing in fans Melbourne Hart signing new coach John Van Schip or dumping the stupid heart part of their name um, um, am I first on this? If I oh, jump, you can be first. If, I, jump, first, if I jump the gun, yeah. Um, people not liking the heart thing then, I assume. No. I, I don't know. I think it's stupid. But yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. But There's so many other traditional names that haven't been used yet. It, yeah. it seems strange to, to go for the heart. But on the... Uh, 
is it how do you pronounce this name John Van John Van Schip Schip Schnip Schip Schnip alright okay um, I didn't know a lot about him I don't think uh, many of us did so um, he's got a pretty pedigree hasn't he you know I think you'll find that he's a 45 year old <laughs> Canadian born who played over 250 games for Ajax between 1981 and 92 before spending another four years at Genoa played 41 times for the national team Excellent, and he, he's done some um, a lot of assistant coaching. Was he the Netherlands assistant Ajax as well, in, yeah. interim coach at Ajax? So, um, yeah, another thing, not to turn this this pod into just what we think of uh, A League managers, but when I saw the picture of him, I thought, oh, I've got some, you know. 35 year old guy who's just retired not going to earn anything 45 he's looking great for 45 he does look great really does good, doesn't good he good skin oh yeah I don't, I don't know, know. What you think he's better looking than Farina yeah what about Claude he's, he's more, he's Yomani more, coach yeah I'll tell you what he'll look like Cosmina by the end of the season <laughs> trying to t- <laughs> tell you what the limelight editor will be straight after him I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't blame her though on this one I can see that but Farina and uh, more significant I think uh, I think they should dump the heart um, I think it just sounds like US sports you know uh, there's some gridiron teams with kind of names like that. I'd like to see them dump it. I think they can find something a bit better than that. Definitely. And get the fans involved, as we've found the uh, fan power. Good luck to Van, Van Ship for the season. Uh, I, hope I, didn't, some, um, I don't think well. I answered, did I? But I'm going to go Van Ship as well. Okay, great. Well, that's the end of uh, Most Significant. Uh, but join us after the break where we'll be reviewing all the games in Round 11 and having a look at the uh, World Cup qualification who's in and who's out so join us then score a trip to the hyundai a-league grand final with qbe quiz striker it's the football quiz for the football know-it-all qbe has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize a trip to the hyundai a-league grand final the winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the grand final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seat to the big game this prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the grand final. Each month you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets, Greater Union movie gift cards and QBE insurance vouchers. Visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website. The Socceroos have done their bit, now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to W www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300-300-756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast. Back to 442 Insider. Brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast. And we're into the home stretch now. We've been stretching out our calves. Trevor been on the floor and uh, we've been uh, getting his uh, ankle behind his ears. 
as he uh, as this he isn't helping family. after all the chat about the managers as well this yeah. would make it sound even worse yeah, I know but it's just the way it's got to be Trev um, before we go in and have a look at the uh, round 11 of the Hyundai A League we're going to have a quick look at the qualification in Europe and South America for the World Cup all the games finished last night and uh, the direct qualifiers and the teams going into the playoffs have been decided as it stands at the moment Denmark Switzerland Slovakia Germany Spain England Serbia Italy and the Netherlands all went through automatically and we have Portugal Greece Slovenia Russia Bosnia Herzegovina Ukraine France and Republic of Ireland are all in the playoffs two-legged November the 14th and the 18th and the draw is going to be made on Friday uh, but Trev we were talking about the, the, the seeding of said playoffs and uh, a little bit of uh, machinations behind the scenes by FIFA to make sure some of the big teams uh, get a good chance of going through I, th- I think you know FIFA and, and probably uh, UEFA as well if you look at the Champions League they're all very paranoid about having the best teams at the tournament well what they term as best teams as you know the most famous the most popular nations really and the, the way they kind of seed the playoffs is so that um, you know they're going to kind of get a slightly easier ride and we're not going to end up being like France and Portugal both in the playoffs right that they I don't think can clash against each other no um, so you, we'll take the point of Ireland who haven't lost a game in qualifying but won't be seeded and then much likely to take on you know a far bigger nation and I'm sure you, uh, FIFA will be hoping that they lose that and it's just the way that they do it just to make sure that you know the best nations at the World Cup and part of me goes well that is good because I do kind of want everyone to be there because the whole point of the World Cup is this sort of showcase but there's another part of me that goes well do you know what if you haven't won enough games then you don't deserve to be there don't deserve it yeah um, Richie the, there were a few teams that didn't make it yeah for um, me that and, was and you, you expressed you nearly fell off your seat off air didn't you when we, when <laughs> Pretty we found much. out uh, tell us about some of the teams that won't be going uh, well, Sweden was a big shock, I thought. You know, they've got Ibrahimovic. I'm a bit of a fan yeah. of uh, the big striker. Um, they're not going through, nor uh, the Czech Republic. Uh, Turkey didn't make it through. And they always do well in the big tournaments, don't they? Last, they've done. Last World yeah. Cup and the, and the European Championship. They punched above their weight many yeah. times, but uh, they won't be there next year. Uh, the Ukraine didn't make it either. Oh, Ukraine did. One. And Croatia. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. Ukraine just went through. Croatia didn't miss out. Um, which is rivalry last time. I would have liked to see them again yeah. uh, in the next tournament to see how they went. Yeah, they're, they're a decent team. And it uh, seems as though there was a worry at one point that uh, the two best players in the world weren't going to make the tournament because uh, Portugal and Argentina were struggling. Uh, Portugal? Portugal? That's, that's, that's the football <laughs> yeah, team. It's like the Socceroos. They're called Portugal. Portugal. <laughs> um, Portugal actually uh, came strong at the end and uh, and qualified for the for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just got news over the uh, over the iPhone wire that Argentina have uh, won and got an automatic qualifying place. Yeah, they've scraped through, and Uruguay will go into um, a playoff probably against Costa Rica. And Uruguay, you know how much they love the, the playoffs, so they they probably lost on purpose. That's how much they love. Yeah, them. and um, so that means Messi's in. So Messi, yeah, Messi, yeah. yeah, Messi is in, and um, we have to wait to see. If I mean, Ronaldo's picked up an injury, so he's out for a month. So it's going to be touch and go if he's going to be 
fit to play in those Portugal um, players, but I'm sure they'll inject him with something to make him <laughs> fit enough for the game. There is one player I've noticed won't be there, John Hutchinson from the Mariners. Malta, Malta. did not make it through. I cannot it's, believe they didn't even score, did they? I don't so, think. No, not, not, not a, single a single goal. goal. No, I, honestly, in all seriousness, I do like Hutchinson. So it would have been obviously awesome to see him playing yeah. Malta over there. Yeah. But, they did draw. Anyone who's wondering, Malta did not make it. Oh, that's not bad. And obviously, um, our friends in New Zealand um, yes. st- stand a really good chance after their uh, nil-nil draw in uh, in Bahrain. But I didn't see the game. You, you attempted to watch it, didn't you? But I, I did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the combination of the bad camera and the bad accents I had to stop after about 10 minutes and it wasn't so much the accents but it was obviously like it was just like two blokes in a bedroom who, who just like his podcast just like, yeah. <laughs> like our podcast it yeah. Yeah. Doing it. three yeah. of us it actually would have been just as bad if you had to listen to yeah. us talking about a game there's, there's been a little bit of a backlash on that game because obviously um, they're not two teams that are probably going to win a single game when they make it to the World Cup and everyone's sort of seen it was a you know an awful nil-nil draw between the two potential whipping boys of the World Cup which is perhaps a little bit harsh but you know probably true isn't it yeah I mean if you see the like, as, as Richie was saying the likes of Croatia and Sweden not making it yeah and Bahrain and, and New Zealand like Bahrain or New Zealand going through but it's the World Cup and uh, you know it's where you qualify from and it should be all inclusive so uh, that's right good luck to the fellows mm. anyway but moving on to uh, matters more local round 11 of the Hyundai A-League we'll go and have a quick preview of uh, some of the games coming up uh, tomorrow, 7.30, local time, 8 o'clock Eastern, is Adelaide against Sydney FC. Adelaide at home. We've talked about how uh, maybe, uh, not boring, but how they can kind of close off a game quite easily and not yeah. be the best for a fan. How do we see that one going? I think Sydney is going to get there. I think they're starting to build some momentum now. They had a couple of hiccups, but I, I think they're going to get a bit, get a bit of a roll on now. Um, and I think Brosk and, and Bridge, after last week's sort of breakthrough, scored a few goals. I think they're going to um, go on with it. I think those two guys are going to be key going forward because that's where they were struggling yeah. um, beforehand. Seems as though those goals are gonna, could be just the kind of antidote for them that they're just going to give them confidence now as a, as a strike striking team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're both quite similar players, aren't they? Similar age, Aussie guys, loads of potential when they're young and they haven't really kicked on to anything more than sort of decent A-league players. So it's good to see them, you know, playing well together. Um, you can't look past Sydney in this fixture, not only based on last week against Melbourne, but the week before we get to Mariners I thought Sydney were really good as well and Adelaide um, you know we've been a little bit negative about them and well, they've been negative as well on the pitch that's the reason why um, and I think they'll struggle against a confident so Sydney team prediction uh, yeah Sydney, well, definitely Sydney but you know perhaps 1-0 Sydney 2-0 Sydney Adelaide yeah. won't score Trevor says definitely Sydney so an Adelaide home win <laughs> I think they might sneak a goal I think they're due maybe a goal 2-1 yeah. Sydney Okay, and then uh, Saturday sees the early game Brisbane Roar against Central Coast Mariners. Mm-hmm. The uh, manager, coachless Brisbane Roar now. How do you think that that's going to affect them against uh, you know a well organised? If they're nothing else, they're well organised, aren't they? Central Coast. Uh, well, it's, it's a weird phenomenon when they get a new sort of manager in. They always tend to win the first couple of games, so that effect might come in. But it depends, obviously, who they're going to get and when that's going to happen. Um, but the Mariners are just so hard to beat, I think. You know, if Matt Simon plays well and 
they're just hard to break down. They're pretty they're pretty good across the park. So yeah. I'll, I'll go with the the Mariners actually. They seem like Adelaide with a they, the Mariners seem like Adelaide United with a striker who can score mm. in, yeah. in that side, yeah, don't exactly. they? Um, the thing is about Brisbane, they may manage a list, but as to the point we were making earlier, they've got a lot of on field leaders. They've got a lot of characters in their team, so they're not going to. They've got young players too, but they're not going to wilt under not having a coach and there being a bit of controversy. If anything, that might pull them closer together. So. Um, I fancy them to win that one actually I think they'll turn over the Mariners at home Okay. second game on the Saturday 7.30 local time 8.30 Eastern North Queensland Fury against Wellington Phoenix uh, two teams obviously at the, the bottom end of the, uh, of the table struggling to try and break into that at least the, the sixth spot mm. which is the playoff the last uh, out of the two of them who do you see who, who do you see winning this one and who do you see kind mm. of making it no winner it's impossible for this game not to be a draw it's the most certain draw in the history of football <laughs> bold words how much money are you going to put on it yeah, <laughs> oh, well, so I definitely will be putting money on it I mean we're talking about how many draws um, the Fury have got I mean they're, they're the draw masters aren't they playing yeah. off against each other and I'm sure they'll be looking for exactly that a draw Uh, yeah North Queensland I think they've had five draws Wellington has had six draws so uh, you're probably right there Trev more draws than Ikea I would so, venture to say. <laughs> Fowler's yes. your goal as well. Yeah. Uh, and McR- McR- McBreen is playing well. Um, so, yeah. More draws than Rolf Harris. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, More draws than That's Rolf. all I've got for this game, really. Right. Because yeah, he used to draw stuff. Yeah. He did yeah. used to draw stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure moving on. His work on that. <laughs> so draws all around. Three draws. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say a draw. Trev says a draw, Paul. You, I'm going to go... A Robbie Fowler winner, that uh, is a la, a la the Sydney game, just a, a burst of uh, brilliance from Fowler, which would uh, which yep. would change a nil nil draw into a one nil. The touch from God, Fury win. Uh, going on to sun- Sunday, and we have two games. First up, Newcastle Jets against Melbourne Victory at Energy Australia Stadium. The old traditional three o'clock kickoff, so probably no fans will turn up for that. <laughs> um, but um, how do we see the game going? Um, I think Melbourne have bounced back, so I mean it would have hurt losing three 0 to Sydney, and they were looking really good in the previous weeks as well. So I think they were as shocked as everyone else to to, to get done at home three 0 to Sydney. Um, Newcastle Jets kind of showed a little bit of promise, few results early in the season, but they've really fallen away now. Um, they have got their young players back after their uh, heroic actions at the uh, Under-20s World Cup, so mm. they'll have um, Hoffman and Rooney back up front. They've desperately been lacking a striker. Um, so, you know, that'll probably help them out, but still, Melbourne edge them, I think. Yeah, you think maybe the key to that would be the, the return of the youngsters, you know, a bit of pace injected into the Jets' forward line and given the, uh, the creaky... Victory defence a, a run for them. I think so. Money. Something after last week, but it's it's all in the bounce back. But I think uh, Ernie will get the steely resolve back into the side. Um, they Melbourne do always struggle in Newcastle, though. Um, traditionally, they have they've I think mainly lost and drawn. Mm. They haven't really had much success up there, but um, I think they will get home this time. Newcastle, uh, I think they're just looking a little bit average at the moment. Yeah. And the final game, arguably saving the best for last, Gold Coast United against Perth Glory up at Skilled Park. Battle of uh, the, the, the top couple of teams uh, after Sydney. They're the two more interesting sides for me this season, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Perth just looks so rejuvenated, I think, and the crowd's coming back. I'd like to see Eugene Daddy start for Perth. 
Um, That's incredible that he's kind of fallen. I know they've signed some good players, but you know he, he wasn't even making squads, was he? Match day squads and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's been playing Yelich up front. Mm. But um, yeah, Daddy was—he's been excellent the last couple of seasons. So I'm not sure what's going on there and why he's not getting that much game time. He did come on and, and set up the winner last week. Mm. But, um, I'd like to see him play. Um, and I'm going to go for a Perth win actually. Okay. Interesting prediction. I'm, I'm going to go Gold Coast all the way here. I think um, Perth, when they have picked up away results, like I said earlier, they've been, been quite lucky. Um, Gold Coast are going to have um, smelts and cleaner back. Um, yeah, all about Gold Coast, I think. Yeah, I think it'd be a good gauge of where Perth actually are at because we all know that they're a great home team. But if they can uh, pull out a result against uh, Gold Coast uh, at their place, I think that they could really be a force to be reckoned with uh, going forward into the, into the playoffs as well. Mm. And so. cheap tickets cheap tickets yeah getting in there and I'm covering the games this weekend so I might have something mildly informed to say in next week's podcast and log on to log on to au.442.com and uh, check out uh, all Trevor's fantastic work over my, the weekend my brilliant coverage of all five games yeah there you go well thanks very much that's all we've got time for in this edition of the 442 Insider Podcast thanks very much to Simon our producer for uh, making us not sound too loud and uh, editing out all the rubbish bits uh, don't forget you can listen to us on the interweb au.442.com or subscribe to us on iTunes. Thanks very much for listening and don't forget to check back in with us next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.